This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Alright, alright, party people in the place to be. Welcome back to Nerds from the Underground. I am Johnny, and with me is... Fred. That's right. I'm back with Fred. And Fred, we got we got some killer books on the table tonight. Why don't you let the listeners know what we got in store for them? It's literally killing. And uh, one of them is something killing the children. And then we're also doing Infidel, one of the best horror psychological horror books out there. Yes, yes. Written by Porn Sack Pikachu, which he's a homeboy of mine. Really nice guy. Really cool guy to follow on Twitter. He follows you back and he loves any promotion you throw at him. So looks like we got another star listener this week, Fred. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we're kind of hot right now, aren't we? (laughs) Oh, yeah, man. We got D.B. Aubrey listening and retweeting our Resonant episode, which was killer. That made me just feel so good as a podcaster to have a creator that I really look up to. Shout me out. Yeah, that was just incredible. Well, shout us out. Like, look at me standing up on my little. Look at he He said I did good. Not you, Fred. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like somebody I saw earlier on TV today. I'm not going to name any names, but I'll leave it alone. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not making... I'm joking. I didn't put you in the same category as him. It was a joke. I got you. I got (laughs) you. My feelings are hurt still, though. (laughs) But um, first up, and I'm going to have to warn you guys, we're going to get a little serious here because this is a pretty serious book with just beautiful overtones. And that is, of course, Infidel. Written by Pornsack Pikachu, with art by Aaron Campbell, colors and edited by Jose Villaruba, and lettered and designed by Jeff Powell. A horror tale for the 21st century. Infidel follows an American Muslim woman and her multiracial neighbors who move into a building haunted by entities fueled by xenophobia. From Pornsack Pikachu, Swamp Thing, and Aaron Campbell, The Shadow, Jose Villaruba, Batman Year 100 and Jeff Powell, Scales and Scoundrels, comes the critically acclaimed horror hit of the year. This book right here, I think this was one of my very first horror books. And the reason why is because I liked the things that it was talking about. Things that happen in modern day society. Racism, for instance. So it really drew me into this book. Like, I really wanted to check it out. I, I used to listen to a lot of podcasts. My buddy Mark had a podcast called Nation of Nerds. And... They would always discuss this, him, Rico, Leo. They would always discuss this book, and I'm like, man, I really check this out. And then when I did actually pick up the first three issues, because I was that far behind them, I was like, man, this is a hell of a ride. And what I really enjoy about this book is that it's a haunted house book, but this haunted house feels on racism and fear and hatred, and these uh, ghosts appear when... People are either dealing with their fear or saying something racist or there's some tension and they just appear out of nowhere and the art by Campbell just just comes at you like you don't even know like it just hits you like it smacks you in the face especially with that one you mentioned before we (laughs) recorded that the ghost with his dick out. Um, (laughs) I mean that didn't smack me in my face but uh, damn near (laughs) did. (laughs) 
yeah, I, I remember the first time I was reading this, when I got to that, I was like, oh, man, I didn't need to see that. Spooky Ghost was right. enough. I didn't need Spooky <laughs> Ghost dick, too. Uh. I was like, wow, he's hung, huh? Um, yeah, but it... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like a fucking <laughs> baby, like that. That must have been really cold in that apartment. I, I guess ghosts do make cold spots where they show up, so maybe he just yeah. is perpetually cold, and that's why it's just, it's cold, just like cold spots. That's a Colin Bunn book. I see what you did there, bringing everything around a circle. But yeah, I unfortunately <laughs> trade waited for this, which I kind of think paid off in the end because I don't think I could have read this month to month that it drove me fucking crazy because it's just so good and you really want to know what's going on next but the thing that i really just love about it Mm -hmm. is it doesn't preach down your throat it has its message it's definitely has a topic that it wants you to understand what it's trying to get across but it's it's not like talking down to you there are very clear two sides to the conversation that both get addressed very well in this book and neither one of them actually get called wrong if you read it it's just a different view of perceptions and even some of it they kind of take down to just being considered personal preferences, but then they kind of address what is true racism and xenophobia in the book at the same time, which I thought was kind of a really neat idea. It kind of dispelled this idea that any kind of adverse attitude mm. is kind of seen as being racist when it it's it's just kind of overplaying a hand sometimes. And I thought that that was a really neat thing to kind of point out at this time where everybody's just so agitated and ready to, you know, cancel somebody because of a a hot take. You know what I mean? Right. No. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I think if, if anything, the main character, what's her name again? Aisha. Yeah. Aisha, like her in the beginning, you just fall for like her story and like the, like her facing like a culture of backlash from the beginning like it even goes back to like her life as a little kid dealing with the, the mother-in-law before she was the mother-in-law of course but and just the things that she had to deal with daily but then like the further like when she was hospitalized and then the like the rest of the characters the supporting characters were dealing with their own like racism and or questioning racism or should i say hidden racism like they didn't know that they had these feelings but then they were getting them out in the open and seeing how it just took place all in this place and to see like the old man in that one room that everyone thought like he was the racist guy but he actually comes through towards the end and i'm like damn this book had me going all different places, and it, it it was a great read, man. There's so much tension in this book, so much tension. And Aaron Campbell's art is outstanding, to say the least. Oh, yeah, especially, like, the really creepy shots of where she's in bed and, like, the things that she actually, like, honor, like, whispering in her ear. Like, the, the, how those are drawn mm. and, and colored, it's, it is undeniably creepy as hell to look at. Just really eerie images that you can't replicate i mean like you you can't force somebody to be scared of something it actually has to be scary and campbell's art legitimately is in this book it's totally scary like just the faces come out of nowhere whether it's in like behind a plant or through a wall or on a knife like you see them anywhere and throughout this book and it it's so awesome i do suggest not to read this late at night especially if you are afraid of ghosts but yeah man this is a great book and I just like the topic, and I like how they made this haunted house feed, was fed on all these aspects. 
And it, well, I also liked how the ghost could warp perceptions and kind of help people see what they wanted to see when it comes to their prejudices as well. Because there's a few cases where our main character doesn't actually do the things people think that they saw her do because they kind of secretly you know always thought that her type of person would do that anyways so when it happened of course they saw that she did it and blamed her and i thought that that was actually another really neat thing that they kind of played off of in this book that the thing could actually kind of push elements that you already had in your brain even further to help along its narrative of what it was trying to do in this book which i'm not going to spoil this is a wonderful book you really need to get into it and read it yourself and if you haven't yet it made it into my top books of 2018 so yeah it's it's an outstanding book and i would say it's probably like probably like definitely top three of my favorite horror books in comics for sure there's so much to talk about but i don't want to spoil it for those who haven't read it well let's just say that there's a great side cast really kind of fun characters all have neat personalities i really like her best friend i thought that she was a really good character in the book and i don't know like everything kind of plays out really well i mean there are a couple things that happen towards the end of the book that are a little horror movie tropey but i don't see how the story could have came to the conclusion they wanted it to without having those type of events occur so i guess i I go ahead and let it be a little tropey in places if it delivers such a powerful message at the end of it do you have a most hated character in this book yeah but you never really meet him whoever the guy was that blew up the the building to begin with i think that he is one of the things that really helped set the energy of the place into such a fury and and made it just spiral into what it was because if you follow ghost logic or ghost hunter logic basically there's always a key event that kind of gets the ghosts there but then there's has to be something um that happens that makes them react in a certain way and Mm. i would say that that explosion was probably what turned that place into being the horror show that it is if you're into parapsychology i'm a fan of it i look into it but i don't actually believe in it type of thing but like if you're a fan you probably already know everything i just said yeah i definitely think that character or the mother-in-law like from the beginning the mother-in-law like rubbed me the wrong way and it always seemed like there was something there and i guess maybe it was because of the things that happened like to the main character when she was a little girl that she experienced with her and she still found a way to like kind of forgive her over it which is really cool but i guess like one other thing that we should tell people about is that this book if you're a star wars fan there's a lot of star wars talk in it too oh yeah big time one of the characters (laughs) like worked in the movie so like yeah there's a lot of star wars references and geek out moments with the characters actually just like quoting and going full star wars fan in it so yeah that's pretty fun for star wars fans yeah it's definitely a good book man i love it yeah so you want to get into the next hell yeah let's do that Alrighty, alrighty. next up we have something is killing the children written by james tinian the fourth with art by werther del adera colored by miguel muerto lettered by and world design it's the monsters who should be afraid when the children of archer's peak 
a sleepy town in the heart of America begin to go missing. Everything seems hopeless. Most children never return, but the ones that do have terrible stories and possible details of terrifying creatures that live in the shadows. Their only hope of finding and eliminating the threat is the arrival of one mysterious stranger, one who believes the children and claims to be the one who sees what they can see. Her name is Erica Slaughter. She kills monsters. That is all she does. And she bears the cost because it must be done. Glad award-winning writer James Tini IV, The Woods, Batman, and artist Werther Deladera Briggsland present a haunting series about staring into the abyss and what happens when the abyss stares back. Dude, this book right here. I guess if anything to be if there's anything to be said about this book is that it's every issue is outstanding, even the current run right now. But the first issue right here drew me into this book like I was captivated from the very first issue and maybe it's because it was uh, Tinian's uh, writing style, um his dialogue which is outstanding throughout every issue. He, I mean, hell, he even puts his own self in this book, which was pretty freaking cool. <laughs> yeah, he basically wrote himself in as the character James, which, yeah, he's a very cool, very tragic character in the story. When you, when you find out, like, the killing and stuff and things like that, but the character that stands out the most for me is Erica Slaughter. Um, she's a badass. I think if I was going to cast her... I would say Gwen Stefani. That's my hollerback girl. Um, do you like that song? No. Are you serious? I only liked like early No Doubt stuff, like Tragic Kingdom. Wow. No. But you don't like like the hollerback girl, even with the little. There's a lot of Japanese girls, and they they say bananas. B a n a n a anas. No. I was no, never no, a fan of cheerleader no. music. Cheerleader, sure. <laughs> Their music, no. That's just me, though. But yeah, no. I I don't see how you couldn't like Erica Slaughter. I mean, she's kind of got that Locke from Spencer and Locke style charm to her. Because she is legit the person that will be sitting there at a diner, at her own table, mm-hmm. talking to a stuffed octopus. It's not, a, it's not a panther this time. And, you know, like, they draw her. She's insanely cute. She's a little blonde. True. She looks like she knows how to handle herself. So if you're into, you know, cool, badass little chicks, yeah, she's definitely a great character. She's my personal favorite of the book, too. I think she's probably everybody's, just saying. But then again, we kind of get, at the end of the first arc, get introduced to a whole kind of group of people she works with that are like her that have talking stuffed animal Cthulhu creatures. And I don't know, maybe they'll show up and be as cool as her, too, at some point. I'm not sure because there's a lot of really neat ideas and a big world that's presented to us in this first Mm -hmm. arc. And I kind of really hope this book plays with all of that because it's supposed to be ongoing from here. And Tinian ran The Woods for days, which is a great book. That's why I was just ready to jump headfirst in this because I'd already read The Woods and his other Boom Studios books, which I really enjoy. So when I saw he was doing like a full on horror thing, I was just like, I'm getting that. I'm going to get that. And it definitely did not disappoint. But... At the same time, all I can say about this book is it's a really decent setup. I wish there was a big a payoff to this, but it's a setup first trade. So sorry about that, but still get this and read it because you're going to enjoy it. Like we mentioned, he, he writes characters really well. The James character, you'll meet a character named Tommy that, you know, you, you go through his his struggles he's the character that does everything that's stupid that needs to be done in the book tommy will do it at least in this first arc and you you'll find out the reason why 
he's reacting this way. You'll even meet a little girl who will be in the ongoing books after it, which will she'll show up a little bit more. But these characters will evolve through time. It's just a really good book, man. I, I just like his dialogue and stuff, but I was always a fan of his detective comic run. So he was good with dialogue then, too. Never read his DC stuff except for the Ninja Turtles and Batman books that he did. But, like I said, I really love his boom work. I really like, like, eugenics, ufology, the woods. I mean, like, he kills it with his really kind of quirky (laughs) sci-fi. I guess you could call him character pieces because there's nothing else to really draw him down to. Like, Mm -hmm. even when he does something like ufology or this, it's kind of more about how awkward and strange the characters feel in their own skin than it is them dealing with the monsters which i kind of find fun about it you know what Mm -hmm. i mean right yeah it's it's totally like that like for me it almost felt like you know like if you're watching stranger things and you don't necessarily focus so much on the monsters but you focus on the relationship of the kids and that's how it felt like this book like you felt the relationship between erica and james throughout these issues like that's what i was really into like you know they had their ups and downs but it came around and even more james kind of screwed everything up like erica could have probably dealed with tommy and the cave could have ended a lot better if james dumbass did what erica told him to but that that stuffed animal told him to go in there yeah man you gotta listen to what a goddamn little cthulhu stuffed animal tells you i ain't i read hp lovecraft i ain't listening to anything cthulhu anything tells me mm-hmm. i didn't do what teddy rupskins told me to do <laughs> see see you're already smarter than james in this book man <laughs> yeah. that thing was creepy i wasn't teddy rupskin his mouth was moving but nothing was coming out i don't know oh yeah my little cousin had one of those we used to put our <laughs> iron maiden tapes in them <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's definitely a it's it's a really cool book and I just heard that Boom Studios had signed a deal to have some animated adapted shows to be on Netflix. It just came out like a few days ago. So I'm really interested to see like maybe this one gets adapted. I don't know. I hope it's not I hope it's not Power Rangers. I mean, I want something different, you know, like Bone Parish or this or you know. No, because like I'm Saban, and uh, there are too many people that have hands on Power Rangers for Boom to be able to make any moves with something like that. It would be probably something like this, or I don't know, Lumberjanes. I can see them turning that into like a nice little cartoon. Grass Kings was um, Boom, right? Yeah, but Grass Kings is easy enough to do as a live action thing. You only need like they they put a decent budget behind it that could be a killer show i know that sci-fi channel is doing a live action adaptation or at least they ordered a pilot for based off of the woods james tinian's other boom oh, really? book that was kind of like this so i would be surprised if we see more adaptations of his work especially from boom coming out because i don't know dc doesn't like to make movies about their good books usually <laughs> oh no it's it's more about the editors and their their characters instead of letting their writers get out in front. But yeah, I mean, like I would kill to see somebody actually cute and badass play Erica Slaughter in live action. That would definitely be dope. That'd be as cool as like seeing Kobe Smolders as Dex in the Stumptown show. That was a big treat for me this year. So who would you cast to play Erica Slaughter? I don't know. Actually, since it's gonna be like TV or something, I hope they get somebody that's cool and snotty and just lives the role like the little girl that they got to play um the daughter in lock and key hmm. 
something like that. Somebody I've never seen before, but is actually really just perfect for the role. A little snotty blonde that nobody ever heard of before, but knows her P's and Q's. Who would you get to play James? Yeah, same thing. Joe Hill. <laughs> get Joe Hill to play James. Isn't he a little old? <laughs> No, I picture those two, like, as grown-ups, like, that's what, he's kind of, aren't they similar? I mean, I feel like their writing style is a little similar to me, too. I think that's why I enjoy both their books. Tinian doesn't have the crude humor, as crude a humor as Joe Hill. Like, right. I, I just started reading Dying is Easy. Oh, dude, that's an awesome book. Joe Hill, like, like his daddy, he loves his morbid-as-hell humor. Like, yes. Which Tinian's stuff is a little more cut and dry, a little more emotional. You kind of go through the depression and the angst of his characters a little more than having them tell gallows humor jokes like Joe Hill likes to have his teens do in books. I guess, like, if you were going to compare this book to anything, you would compare it to The Woods? Yeah, especially for the, the style. I would compare it to The Woods. And there's a book that Colin Lorimer did for Image called The Hunt, which is based off of Celtic mythology, a little more than, say, like Cthulhu tree monsters, like this book is. But the characters and the way, they, the way that the story's told, it's very similar. So those are probably the two comics that I would most relate this Something is killing the children too. Is those? Yeah, that's. I've never read the hunt. I need. To, I just wrote it down because all you you sold me on Celtic horror, so I'm definitely gonna check that out. It takes place in Ireland, small town, very folky, and yeah, it's all steeped in actual real Celtic mythology too. Nice. That's that's my stuff right there. I'm gonna check that out. But yeah, I definitely suggest to pick up this book. Actually pick up both if you haven't already. Especially like any horror fan for the first book. This book is more like this, uh, Something Killing the Children. Uh, I didn't really get like so much of a horror vibe yet. But I think it could get there. It it was a little more, I don't know, sci-fi to me. Would you say that? No. No? Basically, the first scene is a bunch of kids at a sleepover getting ripped apart by, like, some tree creature. So, And then there are True. several other very <laughs> gory kind of slaughtery parts. So I would say that it definitely earned its horror badge, but it's not it's not intense. It's not an intense horror that's going to keep you at the edge of your seat and creeped out the whole time. You're going to get inside right. your character's heads a lot in this book, which will kind of... I don't know when the next really horrific thing happens. I think kind of helps it slap you a little harder, but it's not like a slasher or, you know, like something no. that's meant to keep you on the edge of your seat. But there's definitely some good gore and uh, monsters in it. So it's horror. Maybe it's just the, like the art style to me. Like it doesn't seem so much, but uh, yeah, I could, I could get that. I get that. But it's, it's definitely a great book. And Boom Studios, man, everything that they've put out lately has been on point every book yeah their releases pretty much since 2018 have been pretty on fire i mean they've always had good books coming out but like their entire launches these past couple years have just been stellar i mean like honestly there are only a few things like power rangers that i'll take a bath on and not check out you know what i mean i'll just yeah i mean they put out books like um bone parish they put out this one they put out once in future which has been a really great book there's a lot of good books boom is booming yeah indeed so uh you got that okay boomer <laughs> we can't say that it's it's mean to old people we're gonna we're gonna but i'm old we're gonna alienate our elder yeah but we're not boomer old man we're 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 gen xers oh so we're not there yet okay 
So now nah, my dad's a boomer. We're pre-boomers. Yeah, I, I suppose. Like preteen, like pre-boomer. I don't know. I don't, what, what do they call us? <laughs> uh, well, all right, party people. That was something is killing the children. This was another rad episode of Nerds from the Underground. Really happy to have you guys here with us. You can find me on Twitter at JohnnyAlpha81 and on YouTube at Graphic Vandalism. You can find me at ComicsFred and you can find the podcast page at Nerds From. Right, right. We are a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. You can check us out every oh, yeah. Thursday Represent. here. And there are tons of other radical shows that I urge you all to check out. But until then, until we see you again, aloha. Yeah, yeah, my boy.